Have you ever felt like there isn't enough time in the day? Or like you don't have time to take care of your well-being and build your dream? Or maybe you felt like it's impossible for you to go to work and still build that business that you envision at the same time. Well, so have we. And this is why we decided to make this podcast. This podcast is not just for PTs, OTs, MDs, or RNs. It's for everyone in healthcare. Our mission is to inspire you to make healthcare a better place and to build your business or brand through stories and real-life examples of some of the top leaders and entrepreneurs in healthcare. There's no better time than now. Welcome to Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. I am Carl Bourne Jr., your co-host, and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Uh, we are happy, blessed, alive, healthy. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Also, hope you guys are doing well. You know, things are crazy out here, but could be worse so you know just keep smiling keep uh writing and just thank you for tuning in so today we actually have i i don't even know like what we might as well just say an icon like we have a celebrity in the building icon living (laughs) icon living nurse nurse mo (laughs) nurse mo what's good how y'all doing thank you for having me here today thank you for making the time we're doing well how are you I can't complain. I'm blessed. I'm breathing. I'm not on a ventilator. I got four working extremities. You know, I got all my edges and my teeth. Uh, so I'm doing So, Nurse Mo, let's hop right into it. We want to be respectful of your time. Tell us, why did you choose nursing, first off? This is going to be a really interesting answer. And I, I have to tell you the full story around um, this. So I grew up in South Philadelphia. I grew up in a beautiful home with bars on the window and trash outside. Um, I set up a front yard. I had a stoop. Um, You know, I grew up in an area that white people would, they would call it uh, underprivileged or Fox News would call it underprivileged. But we know where I grew up, right? So I grew up in South Philly and I wanted a way to get out of there. I wanted a way that would keep me gainfully employed for the rest of my life. Um, I knew that I was a really hard worker. I was all right at math and I was all right at science, but mainfully, primarily, I wanted to help people. And so I looked and I found out that there was a shortage of nurses. I found that out at 16 years old. And I said, okay, this is something I'm going to do. This is something I could definitely do. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get up out of this situation and stay out of this situation for as long as possible um, and make a life for myself. So it's really interesting because my freshman year of college at Hampton University, the illustrious Hampton University, um, I was going around and everyone said their reason of why they wanted to become a nurse. And everyone was like, you know, angels came to my bedside or like my grandmother was on her, you know, on her last breath and a nurse saved her, you know? And um, they had these really heartfelt reasons. And I was 19, I mean, 18 year old, sassy Mo with bamboo earrings and blonde hair. And I got up in front of everybody and said, 
you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I needed a job when I got out of school because I only have one shot at this. So I chose nurses because it gave me the most option. And everyone looked at, looked at me like I had four heads. And at that moment, I realized that, you know, I was very transparent compared to a lot of people. I was very blunt. And it was my truth, though. And I spoke that. And by not saying that this is my end-all be-all and this is my calling, never, never did I really say that. I said that this was something really practical. And I was very open to loving it. But I um, was very open to my other dreams that I had shut out. So that was nursing was kind of my plan B. Wow, I love that because it's so funny how sometimes it's the things that you least expect that end up being the biggest blessings in your life. Yep. Because I mean, now, you know, you've, you've been in the game for a while, you've been able to do really well for yourself. Uh, you have successful businesses for yourself. But talking about just healthcare for a second, what is one thing that you would change about hair that you would change about healthcare and like what are you currently doing to make that change right now? Okay. Thank you for that. Um, I love this question. That's a really good question. Whew. If you asked me a couple of weeks ago, it, it would have been different. Okay. But this is actually a really good question right now. So I want you to know that I love being a nurse. I was a nurse for eight years. I worked in the ICU. I worked at the top institutions in the country. I worked at some of the not so top institutions in the country. I traveled all over the world as a travel nurse. Um, I love patient care. Like I love wounds. I love baths. I love being the person to talk to the family. I love establishing trust. I do not like paperwork. I do not like being micromanaged. And I do not like being told how to do my job that I'm very, very good at. So that was not good for me, um, especially uh, I had a realization that it was time for me to get out of bedside nursing when I took 11 months off a couple years ago. And when I came back, someone, one of my nurse manager was like, I need you to do your care plan. I was like, I need you to not tell me how to manage my care right now. My patient's really sick. But I was used to being an entrepreneur at that point. So I wasn't used to taking orders. So I was very confused. And I had a really sick patient. Uh, my background primarily is critical care ICU, uh, but I love neurosurgical patients. That was always the ICU I would choose to go to and it because it's very detailed in the care. And what I would change is, it's a lot different than what it is. a lot of things I would change. I would give nurses far more autonomy, but right now I would protect my nurses. Um, I would protect my nurses. And I would also re remove the stigma that um, if you're not willing to risk your life, that you're not a good nurse or that you're not doing your job, um, I would educate and empower nurses that they are the most important person on the unit, the actual nurse. Because if they're not fed, if they're not rested, if they're not loved, if they're not nourished, everyone around them feels it. The patient feels it. The families feel it. Their coworkers feel it. So I would definitely empower them to just be more aware of their own needs because Believe it or not, we took an oath to not allow our patients to be in harm's way. And by exposing ourselves to deadly viruses without proper protective gear, um, by allowing that, by not allowing ourselves sleep or nourishment or using the restroom, because those are all things that happened before COVID-19. They're, they're actually more of a liability than they are health. So I would empower nurses. And what I currently do to do that is a lot of different things. So 
Currently, I have the role of director of nursing for a company that I'd like to keep off the record because I don't want everyone knowing where I work. But I'm, I just got appointed director of nursing literally like re- very recently for um, an amazing company. And one of the things that I do right now handling the New York crisis and the COVID-19 crisis is that I educate every nurse that I am considering or on the fence about passing their application, moving their application along about what they're walking into. I'm very transparent, very real, letting them know that they're working with limited supplies, that they are putting themselves at risk, that they are putting their families at risk, and that this is not just for the money, that they're getting paid very well, but it's a very big risk. I also will never pass along an application um, or a contract that is not to the level of skill set that the nurse can do. I will say like, you're more appropriate for med search. You're more appropriate for this. And like, I like to send people who are prepared. The reason that our country as is, is in the space that we are in is because we are underprepared and undereducated right now. And we've been that way for a long time, but now it's just blowing up. Um, so yeah, that's one of the main things I do from the clinical and, you know, corporate side of things, but you know, I'm into getting my feet wet and like getting down in the nitty gritty. So another thing I like to do, um, another thing I do is I have coaching programs and trips and retreats where I teach mindset and I empower nurses to understand that they are the most important person on the unit, that they do matter. And, you know, I don't encourage them to just like walk out, but I encourage them to walk out of rooms that do not serve them. And um, to not walk into rooms that they are not valued because you, you do need to be valued in order to bathe someone, in order to be exposed to deadly viruses, in order to, you know, do chest compressions, in order to work really strange hours to put your family at risk. So those are the main things I do. And then other than that, using my platform to educate, empower, um, I feel like I have a huge responsibility Everybody is looking at what I do a lot of times on social media, especially from the healthcare profession. And um, I, I, I like to use my platform for good. I like to, I don't always just like, who's going to pay me the most money to post this? Like, no, nah, who's helping the most people? Let's share some information about PPE. Um, and then, you know, recently converted one of my like business partnerships into, hey, instead of figuring out how we can make money together. Let's figure out how we can get PPE. One of my clients will be donating 3,000 masks to New York in a couple days. Um, and that's something that get, uh, I just got one of my clients who was one of my brand partnerships, like influencer partnerships to give nurses 50% off housing in California. Like I like to use my leverage to help the healthcare field because I can you know, as I'm listening, first of all, first of all, you are the truth. I'm just put that out there. But as I'm listening, like, it's so crazy, right? Because I'm thinking about, so my mother was a nurse and now she's a CRNA. And as you're speaking about this, like, so many memories are popping around in my head. I'm thinking about, like, in high school, I did this program where we would shadow, like, in the hospital, you know, they're like, go figure out what your career field is. And I remember like countless hours we'd spend just like with the nurses, like in the ER, in the ICU. I remember an OB in surgery. And you're absolutely right. Like, I think it's taken for granted to the point, like the importance of the nurse. Because like, if you don't have the right nurse, or if you don't have like the right respect or the right dependency, 
things can fall apart so quickly. But that's just what I want you to understand is that I advocate for nurses because that's who that's who my audience is, and that's yeah. that that we'll talk business soon. Oh yeah, we'll talk. Like, I advocate for for my demographic, my audience, but because they're my core. But everyone matters. Yeah. Like, should have on an N95. Yeah. Right? hospital everybody got on the n95 at the grocery store facts like you know what i'm mean? at the grocery i went to trader joe's they got n95 and we don't have those like that's like because their boss their ceo their ceo yeah. advocating for them and making sure they have what they need so you know it's everyone matters in the healthcare field like the doctor the janitor evs um PT, even though y'all be getting on my nerves and OT be getting on my nerves, moving my patient around, moving my lines and my drips to get my patient out of bed. Not, you know, not, <laughs> listen, when I was working best, I like my folks on propofol, fentanyl, and everything else. Don't like, don't be waking my patient up to come yeah. wiggle toes and whatnot. We can do this as a raise most later. Okay? Hey, that's how you really feel. <laughs> that's how I really feel. Y'all used to be disrupting my flow and my care. But no, every what I'm saying to you guys is every person matters in the in every in every ecosystem in every system we all we all matter like we, we all matter so we have to we have to treat each other as that way um and right now our government you know like there are people advocating for us but we're underprepared so my due diligence that i can do is to not send anyone else out that's not prepared and to use my reach as much as i can so when it comes to Cause I can tell, you know, just through this, like you're very good at like being a judge of character. So how then do you decide or how do you basically come to the understanding like, yo, this person is going to be a good fit for that? Because well, I guess in your position, like. It is criteria. And right now the criteria is way different than it used to be. You know, when I was working as a travel nurse, it was like they wanted a piece of my hair, my fingerprints, all these different things. And right now we're, we're at war. So it's very different. The way that I can, like, I, I see I, there's characteristics that I have and a profile that I have to look through within my job. But when I'm, whenever I'm unsure, I just like to talk to the person. Just kind of like when you're unsure with the patient, you need to look at them, right? Like when you're unsure about the patient, you can look at a patient's chart all day. But if you're unsure about their treatment, you need to go see them. So like for me with the nurse, when I'm unsure, I call them. And I'm just like, okay, tell them, like, you know, I want to tell you about this. Tell me what's going on. And I, I talk to them very calmly and transparently about their experience. And I let them know that there are other positions available. Like, they're still there. And um, you just want to make sure you're getting the right person in the right role. Because, you know, if you have someone who's under-experienced and under-prepared, um, it's a liability to everyone. And it's slowing everyone down. Um, we've all worked with that person that ain't prepared. We've all worked with them. And we like, ugh. They stressing out and I'm trying to have my lunch. I'm trying to go to the bathroom. They flustered over something that's really simple, you know, or I'm trying to take care of my really sick patient and they're worried about, I don't know, that like this person, you know, we can't, I can't get the person's bed alarm on or this is beeping or something very simple. So um, I just think it's all about getting a person who wants to do the job who wants to, because there are people right now who live for this, who live for trauma, who live for excitement, who are like crisis responders. And they're the people that should be in these roles. Not the people who are like, look, I need five, I need, I need, I need my, my five racks a week. I'm trying to get my, cause they're paying a lot of money and it, it needs to be someone who's truly passionate about what they do. 
like just like my, even with my role as a director of nursing is is very important to to like what I do to care. Yeah, and and Mo, it's it's just crazy to think about everything you know that you've kind of put on your plate and that you have going for you because for a lot of people, I think that I don't think everyone is built to be able to do the things that you do and do them as well as you do them. And so let me ask you, with everything that you have going on, how do you take time to, to charge and recenter yourself in the midst of everything? Thank you for asking that question because it's the most important question. Because again, who's the most important person on the unit? The nurse, the physical therapist, the respiratory therapist, whoever is taking care of the patient, they're the most important person. Okay, so very interesting enough. I have some things I want to share with you guys and I want it, it, we do it in my coaching program and I encourage everyone at home who's listening and for you fabulous, wonderful, amazing, strong black men to do it as well. Um, I created this thing called a gospel. It is my requirements that I have in people, like associations, people who I allow in my space and close proximity to me, anyone who can call me on the phone, right? And, ex- and can get a response. Um, that's who I consider close proximity. Um, and also environments, spaces that I live in. You saw how I had to set up my whole space. You saw that. And live in means anywhere that I lay my head and spend the night um, and work requirements that I have to have. Um, I began treating myself. I worked with a coach, business and more so lifestyle and mindset coach for the last like year and a half. Um, and he made me make some really bold and expensive choices for my lifestyle. And it doubled my income and my peace. So I treat myself really, really well. I follow what I call my gospel. I don't stay in spaces that don't meet my requirements physically And some people may think that that is like diva stuff, but no, it is what I require in order to be a highly functioning individual. I need sunlight. I need a big window. I need plants. I need white towels. I need white sheets. A lot of very specific little things. And they make me feel whole and secure. And they make me be able to get up in the morning and get after my day. Um, And even when I was living as a digital entrepreneur in Bali, in Nicaragua, I lived in Nicaragua for six weeks in the jungle um, alone with very limited cell phone service. Um, And I lived in a place that met my requirements, like Wi-Fi, little different, you know, little little things that I have. And and I encourage all of you to do that because number one, I'm not around anybody who drains my energy because they meet my requirements personality-wise. I'm not in spaces that don't make me feel expansive. I feel expansive in the spaces that I am. I'm in. You have two different emotions, restricted and expansive. So relationships can make you feel hindered, broken, or they can make you feel um, like you can do anything. Your woman probably makes you feel like you can do anything. And those are the kind of associations you want to have. Work as well. So that's how I set up my life. Um, And during that time, so I have rules for myself from seven to nine um, every morning. That's my time. That's my time to myself. I do yoga. I meditate. I play my sound bowls. I, I do whatever I need to do. I pray. Sundays, I don't work at all. Wednesdays, I try not to work um, and I take, do something kind to myself, like maybe get a foot massage, maybe, maybe I just go for a walk. Um, but I make time to recharge and I have very specific rules about how I handle play um, because I always want to be held to a high. I always want people to, when, whenever people meet me, whenever my audience meets me, they always say, you are exactly the same as you are online. 
you are so authentic. You real as fuck. You different, different. Like they, they, like all these different great things. And I love that because I never wanted them to be like, Hey girl, like so excited. And I'm just like, uh, is so my energy has to be high. So a couple things, like as far as work goes, a couple rules I have is I don't make important decisions before 10 AM because I'm not nice. Um, I follow my gospel and I say, okay, have I eaten today? Have I been watered? Have I had my sunshine when I'm starting to get upset? So it's really nice to have these requirements. Am I around people who are draining me? So I can, it's kind of like my assessment for myself. Um, The final thing is I'm an introvert more than extrovert, believe it or not. Someone who's a social media influencer and speaker and host is an introvert, meaning I recharge being alone. So um, I'm very direct with my friends and family and I'll be like, no, I don't want to go to do that. No, thank you. Um, and for a while, it like really bothered people because I don't make excuses for it because I would rather show up as the highest version of myself than show up as an annoyed version of myself because nobody does that. People think they're doing a fav- you a favor by being like, oh, I'm going to just show up, but you don't want to be there and your energy shows it all over. And then the final, last but not least, I do not go until I'm ready on anything. Do you get what that means? Talk to us a little bit. I kind of get what I means, but I don't want to speak too fast first. I don't let anyone rush me. I don't let anyone rush me at all. If I, and I don't rush anyone. I don't rush my success. I don't rush, rush my progress. And um, I don't rush myself throughout the day. Um, that was the first thing my partner learned about me was like, please don't rush me. It's like now his mantra, like, please don't rush me. And he reminds me, like, if ever I'm starting to rush him, don't rush him. So I think there's a lot of people that are really good at what they do, but like awesome, but they ain't ready. And they play themselves because they're not ready. So I took an acting class and I learned that there. And I was just like, wow, that's so right. Like, you know, when you go on an audition or whatever, it was something I did for myself for fun. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah, when you go, when you're not ready, you play yourself. So funny story, recently, um, I was speaking at this summit in North Carolina to 500 nurses. And part of my work gospel is that I do a tech run before I speak, like period. Like, I don't care if I'm speaking at a Starbucks to 20 people, I'm running my tech because they deserve, my audience deserves things to be right. Um, They pay my bills, whether their event is free or not, I work for them. So, I need things to be right into a high quality as a standard. So this company was having issues with tech and da, 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 da. And like called me up on stage when I wasn't ready. And there's 500 people in the audience. And so what do I do? Do I go? Cause I'm not ready, even though I'm not ready or do I, so I said to them, said to the audience, I said, Hey y'all, how y'all doing? They not ready. I'm not ready. So I want y'all to kick it, listen to this music. I'm gonna come around and talk to y'all while they get my tech ready. Because if I got on stage and I wasn't ready, I would play myself. So I don't let anyone, could you imagine that the people who were setting up the event on a strict time schedule were were like, like, you know, like we need her to go, but I'm not going until I'm ready. So that's how I kind of keep things, doing things well. All right. (laughs) So first of all, yeah, definitely don't play yourself. Like it's crazy. I mean, if you got on stage like that and nobody was ready, you just everybody looks dumb at that point you know you spoke a little bit about the speaking so I definitely feel like I need to ask you this right how did you 
even make that leap into motivational speaking? Ooh, let me tell you what year it was. 2018 was my first year getting on stage and speaking in front of people. Um, 2015, I, 2014, I started the Resilient Nurse, y'all. The Resilient Nurse is old, and that's what people don't know. So I have two brands, Grow With Nurse Mo, um, which is all feminine empowerment. It's all about loving yourself and, and being the best, highest, most vibrational version of yourself um, as a woman, all things feminine. And then I have the Resilient Nurse that focuses on all things medical and nursing and like respecting yourself as a healthcare worker and all the different options. Um, and we feature mainly nurses because that's another, that's another business topic. But okay, 2000, so I, I got the opportunity to speak at um, an event called the Nurse Link in 2018. In 2018, literally 18 was my first time speaking. Um, and it was either 17 or 18, but I know it hasn't been three years, so it's crazy. And to think that I spoke at Google, like I've gone to a place where I was able to speak at Google um, and like I spoke to 200 digital entrepreneurs in Bali, Indonesia about entrepreneurship. Like it just, it has gone really quick. But um, basically I did one speaking engagement. It went really well. I was underprepared. I took it as a, I'm good with people. I can wing this. And I was getting work that was covering little bit and when I decided to say no like I need to take this seriously um and it was right around the time I created this gospel for myself um because it was really really important that I took this seriously whenever you take make a serious decision towards something the universe God spirit beautiful creator of the divine whatever you want to call our higher power that exists above us they start to they start to gifted to you when you take it seriously, when you show up for yourself. So the first couple times I spoke, I was mediocre, not going to lie. I was very not, I was not very good. Um, and then how my career in speaking really took off to be 100% honest with you is I partnered with a company called Emerald Health Services. They are a staffing company that staffs RTs and nurses and just recently OTs and physical therapists and like um, I never really wanted to back a healthcare company for travel but this company was really taking good care of me and they didn't know I was an influencer which was crazy so it was good because it was like oh, okay like it was really cool because I was kind of like undercover for a while y'all like I was working as a nurse and I was like a huge influencer in the healthcare space I mean not huge but like 60,000 something people in the healthcare space that's pretty big and like little did the staffing agencies know, they would be like, oh, well, you don't want the job. Nurses are like cattle and all these different things they would say to me. And I was like, wow, I could really blast this company, but that's just not who I am. But when people would ask me, I would be like, I don't recommend them. So finally, I partnered with this healthcare company called Emerald Health Services. And they asked me a question that I want you guys to always ask yourself. If I could do anything, what would I love? If I could do anything, what would I love? If I had the resources, the money, and the power, what would I, what would I do, and what would I love? Um, we often think limited. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough following. We don't have enough any of it to do what we really want to do. But the truth is, is that we don't have enough sight or vision because we only see what is in front of us. We don't have faith. Um, so basically, I was making their numbers go way, way up. I brought them like 56 nurses in like a month, and their CEO called me and was like, let's go to lunch. And I was just like, okay, so here I am, like sitting at lunch with the CEO and I didn't know what he wanted from me. And I, um, 
he asked me, you know, why I do all the work I do, why I'm so into empowering nurses. And, you know, at the time I wasn't making any money off of my brand. I had like t-shirts and mugs and, you know, the entry level kind of stuff that we do to make a difference. I didn't really know what to do. And I was doing content on YouTube with my iPhone five y'all. And my videos were going up and they asked me what the CEO said, you know, you're very passionate and I love like how hard you work to make things work for yourself like this. If you could do this and make six figures a year and take care of your family and the things that you do, what would that look like for you and what would you need? Because I want to help you. And so instead of saying, yeah, you can pay me to do this, I said, I need a second to think about it. Because where I come from, nobody has ever asked me that question. No one. I mean, have, has anybody ever asked you guys that question? Like, it, like how can I make, help you make six figures doing what you love? No. no. But what I want everyone to do is ask themselves if I could do anything, what would I love? So that when those kind of opportunities do align themselves in their life and your life, that you can speak to it and you know what you need and that's how you can attract them. So I went home and sat around it and thought about it for literally a month every day because I could have asked him for, well, give me a salary that pays me that much. And then I was like, well, what will that do in the long run for me? So I prayed about it, thought about it, looked at strategy, looked at, and there was no one really doing what I wanted to do on the level that I wanted to do it. Like it was no one really in that space because we're creating right now. There's no one doing what you guys really do on the level that you want to do it. So um, I went home, thought about it, and I put together a full pitch for them, a full deck, because um, I didn't know how to build a deck, but guess what? I figured it out. And he was at a space where he would have done whatever I wanted because I was bringing them so many nurses, but I wanted to show up excellent because that's the best deterrent for racism, sexism, anything. Oprah says that. So I wanted to show up excellent. So I showed up in my little shirt and my little business casual and I had a whole presentation for him and basically all I wanted was videography and events that was all I wanted I didn't want to get paid any money I just wanted videography and events because I valued um, money and opportunity I looked at money and opportunity as interchangeable and I wanted to set my brand up in a way that I always had content and that I had an event had events so through our relationship over the last two years that ended up transitioning into a very well-paid role, like very well um, payroll, um, I worked for a year for free. And not for free, um, I built my business. I got a film reel, I got a speaker reel, I got really lit events that were budgeted really well. I was able to gift and give to the healthcare community and raise like my vibration and my clout and like whatever I needed to do in that space. And then I had footage of all of it that was like next level. So that's how I thought this is what I can do. So that's how my speaking career kind of took off because, because of my work with them and a lot of people don't like to give people credit, but I give them literally 50% credit for, for, for my glow up, for my brand. Because when I started working with them, I had 60,000 followers. I grew to a hundred thousand followers from doing in-person events in a span of two months. Um, nurses week of 2018, I had an event every day, like of the week. I mean, nice events every day of the week. And I, I, I mean, I was, and I was, I was ruthless. Like I would not ruthless, but I would just, I sh showed up for my brand. I rented a U-Haul to, to uh, my own U-Haul to go pick up a flower wall because I was like, oh, we're having a yoga in a park event. 
And I slowly watched my events change and my budgets change from my event from being, it's going to be in a park or a community center to like, we're renting out a wedding venue in New York to host my event and have 200, 200 people there with plated dinners and, and tech and sound. And um, it just raised my vibration. Like, so yeah, that's how I started speaking. I'm sorry. That was like long winded, but that's, that's it in a nutshell. Nah, you're good. That was, that was beautiful. For you guys, opportunity and money, view them as interchangeable. And anyone who I hire that I bring on board to work with me, I always ask them like, what are your goals? And I always ask them the question, can you tell me about your perfect day without limits? Because I want to know that I'm seeking in limited thinkers. I mean, I mean, limitless thinkers and expansive people. And basically, you know, my assistant that I work with, I worked with her for three years and she showed up on a broken, with a broken foot. And she was like, I just want to look into your business and see where I can find ways for me to make money and grow myself before I tell you what I want to get paid. And I was like, you hired, you hired. My videographer has been with me for two years, kid from Compton and like, had a camera and was just like, look, I'm just trying to get better and learn. Yeah. He gets paid $1,500 for four hours now with every company he worked with. Like he's getting flown all over the world doing videos. So he like, he's not getting that. He's not, we're not, he's not always getting that from me every time, but he's getting that, you know, he's getting really good work and he's incredible at what he does. So I like people who say, this is my way into this. And let me make a way out of this. Let me make some shake. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It does make sense. I think one of the most powerful things about the brand and everything that you've built is the fact that it, it feels like along the way you don't forget to to help other people. And I think that's why you're able to get the amount of abundance and blessings that you have received because you just generate that good energy out into other people. You know, because you didn't have to put him on, you know, the way you did, but you chose to do that, you know, and now he's. I absolutely do have to put him on. He's black. Yeah, I like your energy. Hold up. Uh, I, First of all, everything black every day. I love your energy. I, I, I love why. this. I, I love, love this. So it's really funny because I'm in an interracial relationship. My, my partner is Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. And I always talk to him about the fact that when we have children, he's going to have black kids. Facts. Like, you're going to have black kids. So he's like, no, mm-hmm. I have to, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you're going to have a black man. So, yep. so yep. Um, and one of the things he loves, like, he, he's very into his culture, and I'm very into mine. Like, Thanksgiving, like, we had fried chicken and hummus. Like, we had the rice and, like, mac and cheese and greens. And he don't like greens. But, and I don't like some of the stuff he eats. But it's really, listen, I like, I love, I love our culture. And I just feel like we have to, you know, my partner is Middle Eastern, he's Jewish, and I see how Jewish people take care of each other. And it's really beautiful and inspiring. Um, and we have to do this, and we have to do, we have to do a similar thing in our culture, like all of our cultures have to do a similar thing. And, and literally, I've, I've, I've dropped a lot of companies because they've done some, some racist shit, or like some shit that wasn't cool. And like, I don't want to be a part of that. And the company that I was telling you about that I work with for so many years, the first thing I... I remember I came to them and I was like, you know, for my next three events, I'm putting together all black panels. Like, I'm not like, it's all going to be all black nurses. I want like, and I'm hiring everybody black to do videography, sound, everything. Like, y'all cool with that? And they were just like, won't care. Like, bring us our nurses that we, you know what I'm like? So I was just like, cool. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
and like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not a person that doesn't, doesn't, I love all races. I love all people. I think people are beautiful. I think the world should all mix and have a bunch of different races and we should just be a huge melting pot. But um, yeah, we, I'm, I'm still rooting for everybody black. And so, so I think that, you know, we, we aren't given the same opportunity. We aren't, it's, it's, it's the truth. So, you know, I have to create, create and remember to give back to people. But what you were saying is like the flow of abundance and this is 100% true. So like attracts, like, you know, opposites attract, nah, 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 you, we get what we put out. So, you know, when this coronavirus thing happened, um, you know, 50% of my business is in travel and events. Do y'all want to know how much money I lost? Tell us. I do. I lost $27,500 from coronavirus between um, investments. I have a clothing line that I couldn't, I was in production. I have, I had three international retreats. I had a huge campaign with lending company for student loans. So that's not a thing like anymore, uh, rate reduction. Like, I mean, I had, it wasn't money that I lost, but it was money that it was, it was money that I was counting on. Like right. that, that I had signed contracts for that deals were already in place. And it was a good portion of it was money that I lost. And when I got back, um, I was away and I found out that the whole world was kind of in chaos. And I was in Colombia meditating, doing yoga, not checking my phone. That's another way I recharge is like, I make sure that I do something nice for myself. Um, like taking trips and things like that. So um, that was actually my first trip that I didn't work on, like didn't bring my laptop and didn't work and how ironic the world was circulating all this news. So finally, I um, got home and I found out, I mean, I, I got to Miami airport and I was like, oh, wow, things are different. And I immediately felt it in me. And then Monday morning came around. I landed on Sunday and Monday morning came around and cancellation after cancellation, cancellation after cancellation, while like my investments still wanted their, their money. Like the trips I planned, like they, the, the, the hotels and catering and all, they want their bread and I feel them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so it's like this situation nobody's had to deal with ever. So I was just like, Everyone was like, oh, I'm moving all my business online. I'm doing all these different things. I, I like literally pulled out my paint and my coloring and like chilled. And I was like, I'm not doing nothing but being of service right now. That's it. That's all I can do. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but all I can do is turn to service. All I can do is use my resources, my following to get nurses PPE. All I can do is use my voice to make sure nurses are educated. All I can do is use my voice to make sure the general public. All I can do is use my sponsorship to deliver healthcare workers food and tools to relax. I can use my tools that I, I guide meditations and play sound bowls. I'm going to do that. I'm doing everything I can to serve other people. And I didn't think of it in a way of like, that's the universal return. I thought of it as like, I ain't got nothing else to do. I'm not making no money. I might as well help people. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, a, I'm either going to make money and help people by writing scholarship checks like I did all year, or I'm going to get dirty. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I decided to do. And I, I did that. And then literally like two weeks into me doing that and grinding and taking calls with hotels and all the brands that have been wanting to work with me and that I'm partnered with. I called them all and said, Hey, I'm trying to work with y'all for free. Like, I don't want no money from this. I want you guys to pour into the healthcare field right now. It's going to make your brand look really good. 
like at the end of this. So I did that. And then literally the flow of life offered me a very stabilizing position that will help me be able to provide for myself and my family who I help out. So that's how, that's how that works. Be of service and you will get served. And like God takes care of his servants. That's so true. And don't y'all agree? I listen. A hundred percent. Don't even get me started. Yeah. I, <laughs> won't he do it? You mind if we talk business a little bit? I would love that. I would love All right, that. Let's talk oh, business God. a little bit. Uh, I think first thing, you know, this obviously is the healthcare entrepreneurs podcast. So I think a few things we have to do is like, we also have to be very practical, like, cause for a lot of people that are listening, I think personally me, I see entrepreneurs that fall into like two categories. There's the ones that like, just love calling entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. And then there's the ones that know like what entrepreneurship is and how hard and how much it can suck, but you can make it what it is, what you want it to be. So um, just kind of taking that on, the first thing I do have to ask is like for you personally as Nurse Mo um, and with everything you're doing, what's the hardest part about being an entrepreneur? Not going back to the hospital when I have a nurse degree. <laughs> like sitting in the uncomfortable situations. Does that make sense to you guys? And, yeah. and my business first, my baby yeah. first. Um, you know, like today I said, I don't know if like if I'm going to have to get an assistant for this DON role or if I'm going to have to hire a whole bunch of more set, like a whole bunch of more contractors for my, my personal businesses, because right now I'm getting up at 3 a.m. to do both. Dang. And it's okay, because I still yeah. get my, my seven to nine to myself. Right. But I think the hardest part for me was not falling back into the normal bubble once you take the leap of faith and not going away from what's comfortable does that make sense um like not going towards what's comfortable so for me when I got back I was living in southeast Asia for like the summer last year when I got back to real life I was like oh god I need to get a job I gotta get a car I gotta do like I gotta do all these things um because that was what stable was for me so um, it was really hard especially because a lot of my friends who work in in nerd there was a, a like I want you guys to understand that like as a nurse, I made really great money. Like I made really, really great money, but I feel like I helped more people doing my nurse Mo work. Like as Monique Dowdy, I made really great money as a nurse, but as nurse Mo, I help more people because I'm able to help a nurse and help a nurse and help more nurses, whatever. But for me, the hardest thing was just staying away from what was comfortable. When I finally got the stability and f- like financially, mentally, and emotionally to take that leap of faith and say, I am an entrepreneur. I'm going to work for myself and I'm going to do this thing. I had to fight myself from taking the offers that were going to distract me from my vision. That right there. Yeah. Like I remember one of my associates said to me, well, I remember like when I was cutting back on my expenses, cause I was working for myself. I had to get buy office space. I had to get office space and all these different things for my brand. I have to pay people. And one of my friends was like, you want to go out to dinner? And it was like a restaurant that was really expensive. And I was like, um, no, I, I'm going to like, I can't afford to like eat out this week. And she was like, well, why don't you just pick up a nursing shift? Because no, because I'm scaling my business right now and I have to cut back on some things. So that's something that a lot of people don't know. That's something that a lot of people don't know. And, and a lot of people are hustling backwards and they're, they're still working. They'll work their healthcare job and then outsource their whole business 
um, and not really be hands-on because when I, I, I did this for you and you have to just go through every phase. You really do. It, it has to be your own path. So for me, I worked as a nurse for two years um, while my business was, was pulling in enough coin for me to work for myself, but because I was scared to leave. But, and then I was outsourcing, I was paying. To, so I had two people working for me, but yet I was working in the hospital. So like I was hustling completely backwards and then I wasn't knowing how to run my business appropriately. I didn't know how to do my website. I didn't know how to do a MailChimp. I didn't know how to do any of that. So I think that that is like the challenging, one of the challenging parts about entrepreneurship and that also you really care about it. Like kind of like you do your patients and your baby, but it's kind of having a patient and baby with you all the time because it's, it's yours. I think, it's so important to always kind of talk about that aspect of entrepreneurship, just because I think a lot of people dive into entrepreneurship and from the outside looking in, it looks, it looks glamorous. It looks it, right. It, it looks like you're about to make all this money. And it's like, people don't really realize like the groundwork that you have to lay to be able to, grow that. And it's like you said earlier, like you don't, you don't rush yourself, you know, and you can't rush your process. And I think a lot of people come into the game of entrepreneurship thinking it's something that you can rush. And it's like, no, when it's organic, it takes time. So I think it's beautiful that you, it, that you talked about that aspect of it, because a lot of people, they'll see you and they'll be like, oh, Nurse Mo probably was an overnight success. Like she probably just. I wasn't like literally like, and it, it's really interesting because like I've been seeing accounts right now go viral and it's really cool, but I never had that experience of like going viral. Like mm. that happened for me. It's been a very slow, steady progression and I'm very patient um, because I know like, I know that like God is preparing me for little by little for what I need, like for the level that I, I'm I'm supposed to serve. So I think it's really, really important that you just, it's, it's interesting because I, I have to speak on that real quick. Do you mind if I expand it? Oh, no, no, no. Go right ahead. So I do coaching and I used to do business coaching and um, I do business coaching still from time to time, but I made it extremely expensive because I want to know people are serious, but my six week program where I work with women focuses on them. I love plants. So my plants all need the appropriate environment in order to grow. So what I will do for my clients is I set them up with the appropriate environment for their business to flourish and the mindset and the, and the, the integrity and the sense of I got this. And like, they're getting the overall, they're getting the headspace they need to, to put themselves in a situation that they can build a healthy business. And they're not just saying she does that. I want to do that too. I want them to explore themselves and know themselves deeper. So they know what type of business they really want to start, not what they can start, um, not what they can fit into, not what everybody's doing. But I remember <laughs> a couple, a couple months ago, I shifted into mindset uh, uh, hard. Like I stopped all of my one-on-ones because I had an experience with this young woman she called me and she was just like, I need you to grow my Instagram. And I was just like, yeah, that's not what I do. And I like, it, it's, it's, it's not. So I was like, I, I'll help you do that. Like I'll teach you how to do that. But first I needed to know some things about you. I asked my, all of my clients a few questions. Y'all can take them down if you want. They're game changers. Who are you? 
Meaning like, who is your brand? What is your essence? What is your gift to the world? What is your offering? What are you providing for people? And number three is why is it important? Like why, what is necessary about this and what problem is it solving? And then the last question is who is your audience and what do they spend their time and money on? AKA meaning what are you serve? Who are you serving? And generally if my clients do not want to work through those questions before building their business, I don't want to work with them because they don't want to explore themselves and their needs deeper and, and, to be honest, like, why would you not want to know those things? Like, why would you not want to take 30 minutes out of your day? And from there, I'll have them write a solid mission statement, which shows you all the different ways you can work. But um, I had a client recent, like about six months ago, called me and told me she wanted to grow her Instagram. And she was like, no, that's not what I thought this call was about. I don't want to explore that. I said, well, can you just tell me who you are? Like as a person, like what, like what you, what your essence is, like what it is. No, I don't want to do that. I just want to start my business by my birthday and have my website up. And I was just like, well, why? Like, why do you want to do that? And it was because everybody is doing that right now and it looks good. And that would have been a good accolade for her to have by her birthday. And I said, I'm going to refund you your money and you can, you can let me know when you're ready to really do the work. And so after that, I was like, wow, this is something that people really need to, like, needs to be taught. So the reason that we become entrepreneurs is so we can create and be expansive, not contracted again. So what I like to do is make entre entrepreneurs and anyone really understand that they are creating their reality, not fitting inside of a category or a box. So if they want to fit inside a category and bo or a box, go find a job, like go find a job. You know what I mean? Like just go find something because you can, you go online and say, what, what boxes do I check? But entrepreneurship, now nah, you got to create that lane and, and that for it to really work and you have to love it. So that's my thought on entrepreneurs. People think it's cute. People think it's cool. Um, all that is cool until COVID-19 hit and wipe half your business out and you got to, to keep shaking and stay positive. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's all fun and games when it looks cute on the gram. And um, I've been pretty transparent with people and I, I definitely think we all could do better about letting people know our struggles. But we're also like, wanting to show our highlights because that's the nature of social media but it's really hard you know I didn't think I would be taking a job but I, I set my gospel requirements for what a god job was I said I want to make x amount of dollars a year I don't want to report to nobody and I want to work remote in order to work for someone again and the way that I'm handling it is looking at it like it's an account like it's a very large account so I can take my entrepreneurship, keep my entrepreneurship mindset. Does that make sense to you guys? It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does. So Mo, to end the show, I have to ask you this question because I think it will be good for listeners to hear, especially the nurses that will be listening. If you could go back to your early days as a nurse and as an entrepreneur, what would be the advice that you give yourself? Okay, let me think about this. Okay. What advice would I give myself? Hold on, guys. I never know how to view. Okay. What advice would I give myself? Stay down until you're ready. Stay down until you're ready. That, that's what it would be. Because I rushed a lot. I made a lot of rash decisions. Um, and that would just be for myself as a woman. 
it would be like not I mean as a human being it would be that like I rushed into relationships friendships partnerships situations um, that I wasn't ready for took business deals took on work I wasn't ready for and I I would say to myself stay down until you're ready and I would I would also say that um, I've been through a lot of things and I would say this too shall pass yeah those are the things I would tell myself and yeah but stay down until you're ready is like the biggest one, y'all, because I'm really big on like, just like your personal growth is your growth. You cannot, I cannot say this person is doing this, this person is doing, I'm going to do that. You know what I'm saying? I got to say, this is what I'm doing. That was beautiful. Thank you. And I wish um, I would have taken my time a little bit more. That's the only regret I have is that I would have taken my time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people will really have to sit down and internalize because that that's a big gem right there. You know, as, as small as it is, like that's major, you know, and, and I, I think even just me and Paul, you know, thinking about like our podcast and everything else that we do, like that's something we're definitely going to take away, you know, is to stay down until you're ready, you know? So thank you so much. Before you go, Mo, please let us know. Let anybody, you know, who this may be their first time hearing Nurse Mo speak, how can they connect with you? How can they get in touch with you if they want to? So you guys can find me. If you guys love me and my mission, you can visit IamNurseMo.com. You can sign up or, sorry, you can apply for my coaching program. IamNurseMo.com. Instagram at IamNurseMo. YouTube, NurseMoTV. If you guys didn't really like me, that's okay. That's cool. You can still support my mission and support other nurses out there. Visit theresilientnurse.com. I'm not on there at all. You will not see me. Or at The Resilient Nurse, you can see amazing healthcare workers other than me being, um, you know, warriors and light heroes at what they do. Thank you guys so much for this amazing experience and opportunity. I... I am really, really honored that you guys took the time to work with me. I'm wishing you guys nothing but success, love and abundance and safety and security during this unsure time and keep working because I love to see black men get paid. (laughs) Thank you. No, we're humbled and thank you for taking your time to come on here, you know, and drop those gems of wisdom. We really appreciate it. Of course. Guys, as always, me and Paul love y'all. Thank you for listening. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be here listening to this podcast. And if you got something out of it, you know, send us a message, leave a review, like, subscribe, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. PhysioMemes. This episode was also brought to you by the Acceptance Navigator series. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really don't have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. Let the Acceptance Navigator series show you how. You can find them at www.acceptancenavigator.com.
When you go on there, make sure to let them know that Paul and Carl sent you over to jumpstart your acceptance into physical therapy school. Thank you for listening and keep tuning in.